Hi, everybody. Welcome to Slate Your Name, the show where an actor, that's me, talks to other actors about the highs and lows of working in Hollywood. Um, We're taking a week off this week, but I have unlocked another episode from Slate Your Name, The Green Room, our Patreon. This is a conversation that I had with episode four guest Bryce Johnson, uh, my co-host from Bigfoot Collectors Club, about uh, the very first movie role he booked and what happened there. Um, And then also I selected this because Bryce stuck around and answered some questions about uh, the industry that was uh, sent in by one of my BCC listeners. So I wanted uh, them to get a chance to to listen to this and for you guys to get a sample of what's going on in the green room. All right, well, uh, let's hear that bonus conversation with Bryce Johnson from Slate Your Name, The Green Room, which you can join and unlock episodes like this every Tuesday over at patreon.com slash slate your name. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Slate Your Name green room in the back of the old Slate Your Name theater. I gotta tell you something. I introduced the concept of a ghost at the beginning of this show, and I haven't heard a peep out of him ever since. I wonder if I scared him away. Uh, I thought we'd be hearing a lot more bumps coming from upstairs in the attic, but I guess not. You know what? We'll just wait it out together. It would be kind of fun if this podcast was haunted, wouldn't it? I'm your host, Michael McMillan, and this is, is uh, uh, of course, the after show to episode four of Slate Your Name with Bryce Johnson. Bryce queued up a story about the first time he worked on a movie set. And you know what? We're just going to get right into it. This is a really fun chat. Uh, Gets a little deep. This one might tug at the heartstrings a little bit. I don't know. Will it? You know what? You're the audience. That's for you to decide. Do me a favor. Still kind of quiet in the comment section. Questions. I need your questions. Your burning Hollywood quandaries. So please send those in or write to me directly on the Patreon. You know you can do that on the Patreon website. And I read them all right now. My inbox is empty. Hopefully by the time you hear this, that won't be the case. But let's get this conversation going. I really appreciate all of you guys supporting the show. Okay, here's our green room chat with Bryce Johnson. All right, we're here. We are in the green room for the podcast, hanging out backstage after the show. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I love it. No, it's great. (laughs) We're in the green room, man. Hanging, chilling. Yeah, we're in the green room, chilling out. So you teed up on your episode. A story about the first time you ever worked. Yes. So I'm always, you know, I love acting podcasts and acting videos, and I'm so glad you have your own podcast about it now. But I was listening to advice that Denzel got from Sidney Poitier about how important uh, your first film is and how it sort of sets the tone for the rest of the the rest of your career in, in films, because as we all know, film is the top of the pyramid, right? TV's great. 
and we are in the golden age of television, but there's no television actor on the planet who who wouldn't say, yeah, my television career is great, but uh, you know, I don't need a great film career. Bullshit. Everybody wants the film career, you know? So I had just finished my first season of, of popular and it was, I was on hiatus now and back auditioning again. <clears throat> and I think I went into this audition. It was for uh, a script called puzzled. And it was about these, I pulled it up on IMDb. It was about right now. these sort of four kids who wanted to like start this coffee shop in Venice beach. Right. And, um, and I got really now. Wait till you see who uh, wrote and directed this this feature film. Um, okay, this was uh, written and directed by Tosca. Yeah, Musk. does that last name ring a bell? I mean, I'm assuming she's related or married to the Elon. This Musk. is Elon Musk's sister, Tosca. Yes, wow. yes. And if you look, uh Elon Musk is actually a producer on this on this project. Whoa, I think this is his weird. first also, produced film. Uh but uh no poster. Yeah, no poster more on for that this later. Movie in IMDb. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, gotcha. So I went in uh She's gone on to, by the way, produce fifty one other oh, projects. Oh, is that right? Oh wow. And directed fifteen. Oh, that's other amazing. Projects. I had no idea. Um so yeah, so I I read for this this small little independent feature, and I think they knew I was on sort of a, a hit TV show, and so they were excited to just have some name cachet. So they cast me, right? I'm, I doubt I blew away this audition, and I was so fucking excited that I had gotten my first feature film uh, lead role, and yet because you have to remember, like you know, I had spent four years, you know beating the pavement looking for jobs and and getting rejected over and over and over and over and over again so that never leaves you you always have that like this you know even coming off popular the the first year of popular I was like well that's my last job I'll ever get you know and so you're like god am I ever going to work again and so when they cast me I was just sort of over the moon I hadn't really even bothered to wonder if it was going to be a good project or not and so I just jumped in head over heels. And so my character was this like sort of Venice, like bass player, musician, sort of scruffy. It said he had a, a pierced tongue and wild hair. And so <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm going to create a character, man. And here's another thing. So like when you're on a teen show, there's this thing. And I consider popular to be a teen show. You want to like. As soon as you're done with it, you want to shed that image, and you're and you're like, I want to expand. I want to do more more edgy roles. And so I was like, okay, this is this is gonna be great. And uh, and so I dyed my hair platinum blonde, and and uh, I I put my earrings back in, and uh, and I was like, okay, time to go fucking uh, pierce the tongue. And I fucking uh, so I was like, oh no. yeah, I was with my best buddy, and we were we were drinking and. And I was like, let's do it, man. So I go to this little fucking tattoo parlor shop on 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 Sunset Boulevard and and I fucking pierced my tongue, dude. Oh and, my uh, god. And I and it and it and I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. And I was like, okay, my buddy's like, wow, I can't believe you did that. You're dedicated. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm a fucking actor, man. I'm fucking dedicated, man. And, like, <laughs> and it was like, okay, time to go to Guitar Center, man. Let's buy this bass. And it was like <laughs> 
And he's like, all right, dude. And, you know, I got some spending <laughs> cash. I've been on a show for a year. And so I'm looking around and Ooh, I find this nothing nice. Nothing worse than a 22-year-old man with serious regular cash burning in his pocket. <laughs> burning a hole in my pocket. And uh, and uh, so I'm at, I'm at the Guitar Center, which is this, you know, famous music store that all these you know, musicians shop at and whatnot. And, uh, and, I, and I find this purple Fender bass guitar. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's the one. That's the one, man. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm at the checkout counter and I'm, I'm you know, I, he's literally ringing it up right now and I get a call it's from my manager, Ted. And he's like, hey, Bryce, Ted here. Look, I just, we're reviewing this script and the contract and look, just, I just want to say, don't do anything yet. Uh, there's some holes in this thing. And I go, what are you talking about? I did fucking pit my tongue. I'm buying a Fender bass guitar right now. I'll We're throw doing you a this. hole. There's a hole in my fucking tongue. There's a hole in my fucking tongue, Ted. We're doing this movie. You, you, listen, listen to me. I'm doing this movie. So wrap up the deal because it's happening, Ted. <laughs> Hang up, right? And I get my bass guitar and I'm like, Right, and Johnny, Johnny, my buddy, was like, "What was that? What was that about?" Oh, it's Teddy trying to tell me there might be some holes in this project. Doesn't matter, Johnny. We're doing this picture. I'm playing this guy, okay? And uh, so, well, lo and behold, I do create this character, and he's cool and whatnot, and blah, blah, blah. But not as you cool know, as Nick the, the cool story Emerson. just kind of fell flat, and I don't think Tosca Musk ever ended up. It was the one project I've done in 25 years in this business that never actually made it to completion. She oh, filmed wow. it. She filmed it. I think she might have tried to edit it, but that was it. It just fell all of it on the cutting room floor. She probably just I don't know I don't know what the fuck happened with the project, but it never came out. No one ever saw it. Uh, so it just, it died on the vine, man. And I was, how much though, would you love to get all that raw footage now and like cut together your own version of it? Just to, just to, just to like, as an experiment, you know what I mean? Oh, it would be incredible. It would be incredible. I was just, uh, but you know, I, I, nobody was there. You, 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 here's the thing, right? It's like when I moved out here, I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I, I never, I didn't come from the, the business of entertainment. My family's never done this before. So I really had no one to look up to or to, to get advice from. And, you know, I was just sort of freewheeling it, man. And, and, uh, had I known that, that sage advice that Denzel got from, from Poitiers, that the first film really sets the tone and is so important. Um, and he was offered a lot of money for that. And even, for me, doing this film puzzles, I wasn't offered a lot of money. I was just so excited to work again, yeah. to be cast, to be want. I felt wanted, and I yeah, and I wanted to reciprocate that by just going all in. That's you know? an aspect that I've never been, I would say, too savvy at myself. You know, and maybe mm. my career at this stage kind of shows for it. You know, look, I feel lucky being where I'm at, but when I did what I like about you. I remember, you know, I got, I basically got written off the show after one full season. I was a recurring for season one, series regular season two, and then they they had my character break up with Amanda Bynes' character, and I, you know, moved on. Um, and I remember being like, I just gotta book that next job. Yeah. And that next job was this indie film, indie horror movie called 
dimples. All right, already I should have just been like. I mean, you should have known with a title like dimples. Known. Terrible, <clears throat> terrible, nice people behind it. Terrible script, terrible budget. You know, it was yeah. one of those when we started filming it, I was like, this was a bad idea. Like, honestly, like one of my agents should have stepped in and been like, don't, no, we're not doing this. You know? Yeah, right. Um, so sometimes you're lucky that those things you film in that situation don't end up seeing the light of day. Um, you know, I've never seen it. I'm probably okay in it, but it's one of those where like, I just, I wanted to be wanted. I wanted to book something. And that's, that's, that's the thing I always fight is just like, I want to work. I want to work. Just give me a job. I want to keep working. Like I, in, in many ways, my ideal career, I don't know if you relate to this, is like if I could just go from gig to gig to gig to gig, just fucking being one of those actors. It's like he shows up in everything and does a good job. You know right, what I mean? Right. I don't think I have that ambition to be a big movie star. I think I had a little bit of that when I was younger, for sure. But now the careers that I really love is like when I'm watching, you know, streaming shows and binging shows. I'm like, oh, this actor was just on this other thing I watched, and yeah. he's great. Like. I just want to show up in premium TV show after premium TV show doing three or four episodes, yep. you know? Yep. Do great work, be noticed for the work and, and, and still have, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. And look, here, here's the thing, right? And and here's probably what I didn't realize, or, or maybe, you know, you didn't realize it either, but, um, you know, confidence is a game changer. And I think, I think that's what, Poitier was maybe trying to express is that, look, pick the right film for your first feature, you know, pick the right role, do an incredible job, and you will gain the confidence from that to parlay that into the next project, you know, but that's not what happened because what happened was the the whole movie for me, for me, the whole movie fell through and, and you lose a little bit of confidence, you know what I mean? So once that happens, it starts to get... You know, it's a commodity that you really have to hold dearly. And, you know, if it gets chipped away at, you know, y- y- you lose momentum. And, and I think that's ultimately what happened. I was like, oh, wow, that didn't work. Maybe I shouldn't go so overboard as into character work. Or maybe I should, you know, oh, man. Well, the movie didn't fail because of you. That's for sure. Right. But, right. but, the, but I do think that there is maybe if you're a younger actor starting out, like we were in both of these situations, like there was a moment when I was on set on the set of dimples and I was like, Oh, right. Any film that would maybe hire me as a lead character this early on, maybe isn't like, maybe not the movie. It's sort of like any club that would have me as like a lead member. I probably is a club. I don't want to be a part of right now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. right. To butcher uh, a Marx brothers quote, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's wild. Um, you just never know. I mean, that you could have done that, and then that could have taken off and gone to Sundance to become a huge indie hit. Sometimes you just don't know. I've heard other actors say, you know, I take everything that comes along because you never know what's going to pop and and what's not. Yeah, I think yeah, Danny well that- Trejo works. On, he takes he does like student films. He does everything that's offered to him. Right, right. Well, that's ultimately sort of where I ended up on that, on that spectrum is just like, I was like, well, maybe I'll just, you know, I'll take whatever I can, whatever I can get and make the best of it. You know, it's funny. I've, 
I had it. I was doing an interview and somebody was like, you've done a lot of like weird and different roles. How do you choose your roles? And I say, and my answer was, you know, I've never chosen a role as like, I take the stuff that I book. So if I manage to book a project, that's the universe telling me you're right for it. Go do it. You know what I mean? I've never yeah. been like, yeah, I don't like this role. I'd like to do this one over here. Guys, can I do that one? And they're like, well, you didn't book it. Uh, so yeah. no, you yeah. can't do it. <laughs> like, Definitely not happening. Right. Okay. So we have a couple minutes. I thought it would be fun. I've been answering questions on the Patreon a while back because we're recording this well in advance. I had posted on our podcast Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club asking our listeners of that show to ask any questions about acting they might have. And uh, so here's one that we haven't addressed yet. This comes from JM underscore social seven who writes, I'm a graphic designer who came to this field because I love to draw as a child. But now that I'm old and have been in the business a couple decades, I think I've turned my love into something I find no joy in. With all the pressures and judgment and scrambling for work, do you ever feel that way about acting? I feel that way about auditioning, you know, but I'll tell you what, when I'm on set and when I'm and when that camera starts rolling and then they yell cut, I get this feeling that just that surges through my body. It's an elation. And it's funny, every time I feel like every time I'm on set, I feel like a duck to water. I'm just, I feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's been lots of times in this, in this career where I felt like the joy has been snuffed out just because of all the rejection and the adversity that we face. And I think you have to be able to separate those things, right? Uh, rejection and adversity is, is different from, from your craft. Right. So if I really love the craft of acting, if you really love drawing like you did when you were a kid, draw, you know, if I really love acting, I can act, especially today. There's no excuses. I can grab my phone and there's editing apps, shooting apps, camera apps. I have no excuse if what I really want to do is is perform or act. You know what I mean? So I think you have to take a little bit of that power back and. And look, draw, here's the thing, draw, you know? draw, draw what you drew as a kid, you know, yeah. or go back to for actors. It's going back to the well of like, why did remind, remind myself, why did I want to do this in the first place? Well, yeah, what was totally. it about being a kid and wanting to be an actor that got me excited about it? Yeah. And set your set your set your pride down for a second, too, because I always felt like, you know, acting is a muscle. And, it, it, and I always looked at it like boxing. If a boxer hasn't had a fight in a long time and he's got one coming, he might want to go to the gym and train a little bit. So, you know, if you're an actor, then class can be a great tool. You know, it's a great to be around other people with like-minded interests and, and stuff. So there's, there's always way, ways to be around, you know, the thing that you love. And also I would say too, though, you know, passions do change. People yeah. And, and, you know, part of this podcast for me is feeling like I've been burnt out for the past couple years. Mm. Pandemic didn't help. Putting yourself on tape and not being able to audition in a room anymore doesn't mm -hmm. help at all. So part of this is like, man, I used to really love acting and really love this stuff. And part of the mission of this podcast is to sort of tap in and rediscover and get back in touch with what made me passionate about it in the first place. And I think a lot of that is just 
bonding with other actors, you know, re like tightening up and getting back in touch with my community and, you know, people that I've worked with like you on numerous projects now, a couple TV shows, a podcast for, you know, four years and, 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 and then some actors that, you know, I have never worked with and would love to work with, you know? Um, Cause to me, that's really ultimately, if you think about it, I, you know, I think I'm landing this, but like you're br- watching your brother on stage or watching a performance in a movie, usually it's another actor that makes you yeah. want to act. You know, usually it's watching someone else's performance that makes you go, fuck, I want to do that. I really yeah. want to do yeah. that. I think that's right. And, you know, like, that's why I was so excited to come on your podcast. I just, I love talking about this stuff. And it reminds me of, of, of all the things I do love about it. And, and when you're rehashing all these stories and these and these great anecdotes and like all the little all the little wins and the failures it's it's like it's a rich life Uh, it may not be what you planned on or expected but ultimately at the end of the day you know pursuing your dream uh, as long as we have you end up with some with a lot of rich tapestry great that's a great place to end it. Thanks yeah. so much, Bryce. We appreciate you having having you on the show and over here in the green room. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. We'll we'll find a way. I think we're gonna write you in as okay. a recurring. That would this be is incredible. Good. This is good. Just uh, make sure to call my agent first and uh, get the okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you know what? That is a good place to leave it. I want to thank Bryce Johnson for joining me one last time. And be sure to check out Expedition Bigfoot Season 3, which is airing right now on Discovery Plus and the Travel Channel. Yeah, and check out Bigfoot Collectors Club, our other podcast. If you are here already and haven't heard that before, go check that out. It's been going on for over four years. We're in year five, season five of BCC. Uh, where, where we talk to uh, amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. So uh, it's a nice little escape. All right, everybody, thanks again for supporting Slate Your Name. I will see you next week right here in the green room. Bye-bye.